everybody, this is Tracy, and I'm delighted you've joined me for this episode of Good Life Stories. I created this podcast because I believe we are all seeking connection, and what better way to do that than through story? So get ready. These stories are meant to suck you in. Welcome to Good Life Stories. Hey, everybody, this is Tracy, your host of Good Life Stories. And today we are wrapping up our session with Cami Miller. And she's going to be talking to us about the evolution of religion in her life and how um, her exposure to lots of different things over time and just uh, getting a little older and wiser has evolved uh, her understanding of those things. All right, so on for number three. So I love that you wrote, so my dream life and how my exposure to my husband and my interest in paganism and stoicism have given you a sense of perspective that you lacked as a kid. Tell me more about that. Okay, once upon a time, I decided that my perfect life would be to live as an elf (laughs) in a house in the trees (laughs) and my house would be completely filled with books and I would be completely alone with my herd of cats and dogs. Um, (laughs) Is it a herd? Is it a pack? Is it a, I don't know, a clouder? Um, So, um, and the more... When when I first fell in love, I think that that was really what where it changed, where I realized that not only I didn't want to be alone, um, but that uh, having a, a shared life and being part of a community, even if I'd never fallen in love and even if I'd never married, but that was kind of my pivot point. Yeah. Um, that being part of something greater was important to me that that living alone in the woods and being isolated wouldn't have been the right life for me that yeah. i i'm living a much richer life yeah um also when i was a kid um despite my parents both my parents are artistic and and both my parents are uh science field my father was in uh, engineering and he was an artist and a musician my mom's an artist and a gardener and a nurse and they tried to you know show me that there's balance in people's lives that you have your creative endeavors and then you have your practical endeavors and things like that but uh, i didn't really get a feel for that again until i was out on my own and working with a marriage and kids and things like that. Um, What I dreamed of as a kid, having no responsibilities and and fending for myself out in the woods, again, isn't nearly as rich as, as having a practical life too. Having a life rooted in work and sweat and child rearing and, Yes, dare I even say housework. When when I get housework done and the house is the way I want it, I love that feeling. And as a kid, it'd mm-hmm. be like, oh, well, if I lived in a tree house, I would never have to dust. Yeah. 
<laughs> except maybe my books yeah. reluctantly <laughs> once a decade. Yes. You know what I mean? It's yep. just, and uh, it, it's, and then uh, when I was a kid, I thought that um, being connected to nature was this very fey fantasy um, anthropomorphized thing. Um, yeah. And now I'm just so much closer to nature and it's so much more brutal and so much more beautiful than I could have ever imagined. Um, and that's where the paganism and then more recently the stoicism kind of steps in is that um, when I was a baby pagan in college, um, it was all about magic and rituals and manifesting things. And yeah. as a mature pagan, well, as mature as I can be, I'm really kind <laughs> as of mature, like an idiotic. As mature as we get. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, I realize it's so much more about communication and interconnectedness than it is about making things happen through spells and ritual and manifesting i mean that's still a little bit of an important part but i'm so far past the tarot cards and dancing in the moonlight now when i dance in the moonlight i feel that distance between me and the moon and the alienness of a place with no atmosphere and the vastness of space, it's not, it, it's, a, it's a, for lack of a better term, the moon is a real goddess as opposed to the frilly kind of influenced by fantasy novels, visions of a goddess that I had. And that the communication between myself and the moon or myself and the sun or myself and a tree um, isn't direct and through words. It's through shared experience and growth and connection to death, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. And, and stoicism remarkably ties into that too. Um, I, I just, yeah. I, I was introduced to Stoicism as a philosophy, again, about in college, but it didn't hit me like it hits me now. And I didn't, I wasn't ever exposed. It had been stripped of the spiritual, metaphysical part of it down to more of a, um, uh, I don't know. Just, just a, a dry. I don't want to say dry because that's dry, funny, but, but bare. The, like bare. the first time I've, yeah, just bare. Like when I had first been exposed to stoicism, there was no richness to it. Right. It just felt. It felt like I was looking at a rock. Just like here, here's the rock. Isn't this amazing? And I'm like, it's just a rock. And now that I've read more about it and learned more about it, I realized that there's just such a depth and richness to it that I just had no idea. And I'm sure some of that just comes with age, but I think some of it comes with age. And I think some of it comes with exposure to things like losing family members um, or um, 
you know, experiencing strong emotions and not having a name for the state of mind that you're in when you're consumed by them versus the state of mind you're in when you can be rational about it and contextualize it. And again, I, I completely missed, or it wasn't exposed to me, this idea of nature, that nothing in nature can really be evil. It's it's indifferent. It's just what it is. It's dealing with the reality. But it isn't right. the dry, hard, right. well, just suck it up, buttercup. It, there's this acknowledgement of that it's very difficult, that no one has yeah. a perfect way to deal with it. But that the second you attach um, a, something like a good or evil or bad or unjust, um, suddenly you're creating so much more pain and strife and you're more likely to make mistakes in the aftermath of something that's really devastating than if you were to accept, hey, this happens all the time. It's neither good or evil. It's I, I don't like it, but this is just something that I'm going to have to learn, as in learn, learn, not just to live yeah. with, but not just to accept, but to get some get some peace and perspective from it that this isn't personal. It's I'm not being personally attacked. Right. I, I'm I'm not someone isn't being mean to me. Yeah. So Yeah, very much so. Yeah. And and that's something that was missing from early paganism, you know, my my conceptualization of early paganism that as it was presented to me and now the stoicism and the paganism are, are really kind of meshing and, and creating new levels of understanding and then you poke in a little bit of the Buddhism that I, I picked up here and there. And it suddenly it seems like it's starting to make sense. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Okay. So next, now that we've covered kind of those top three, because I feel like we could totally revisit and just do another round. <laughs> right. I loved what you said that your superpower is. So I always ask people what, what your superpower is because we have one and most people just don't own it. And I love that you just put that you can grow shit. That's awesome <laughs> that it's not just about plants. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, so it, tell me, tell me more about that. <laughs> I, I kind of wished because of my personality that my superpower was something really trivial. Like I can perfectly fold a napkin, but, um, no, I can. <laughs> I can grow shit and it's not just plants. Um, ideas, uh, the, the whole reason I think I can write like I do and write about the things that I write about is I can take a concept and it just explodes. Um, you know, this is a knock on to this, this. So if we have trees that, um, can sing to each other, uh, then does root communication still happen? And just these, uh, give me an idea and I will run with it beyond what's sane. 
<laughs> and I have when I'm writing books, I have to kind of pair myself back and go, okay, that's a rabbit trail. The readers will not be interested about the economics of this <sighs> uh, ant species, intelligent ant species, th- because it just doesn't matter. <laughs> so. And I can grow projects too. It, it, don't don't ever send me into an art store. I will look at a thing and I'll go. You know what this could be? This could be really amazing. So yeah, <laughs> it's a dangerous power, I, I tell I you. It. So for your garden, it is a dangerous power. So tell me more about your garden. What what do you have in your garden that you that you're especially happy exists? So for years I've always wanted a pond and I finally have one. I I love so many things about my garden, especially the productive parts like the veggies and things like that. I have a new kind of corn that I'm growing that's a dehybridized uh sweet corn which your plant geek listeners will be like, oh, "There's a dehybridized corn or sweet corn but anyway but i'd been talking since we moved here that i wanted to pond, to have a pond and last year mm-hmm. i finally put it in and this year we have the dragonflies and the tadpoles and the baby frogs and the um, damselflies and back swimmers and i have a microscope so I can look at the water under oh, that. Fun. I have water lilies, and there's just a strange delight in instead of having my cup of tea on the deck in the morning, going out to the front yard and sitting in my chair in front of the pond and watching the wildlife just surround me. Yep. Yep. Oh, that's beautiful. How fun. I didn't know you guys had added the pond. That's beautiful. Yeah. What fun. Um, okay. So favorite quote, saying, poem. What do you... Um, I'm just reading what you wrote. So I love that. Um, oh, the living in the now. Um, yeah. Living in the now. Yeah. Um, getting a little bit deeper into stoicism this past year has reminded me um, that the now is really all we've got. And one of the things that I used to do all the time, and I still catch myself doing, is I'll beat myself up about something that I said or did that reflected on me badly or that I hurt someone unintentionally, or that was just stupid. And I'll just relive that moment. And I'm think and so with the stoicism, I'm suddenly like, why am I wasting time? My very precious limited time in the past. And then looking at the yeah. future, since the future isn't guaranteed and since yeah. we don't have any control over how it's going to manifest, why am I worrying about next week? The the worry is not gaining me anything, you know. Whereas with yeah. having the now in my grasp and paying attention to what I'm doing right now is just so powerful, and it's enabling. I'm I'm fully there in whatever I'm doing most of the time now. 
I can't say that I'm perfect about it, but when I'm having my tea and sitting in front of my pond, I'm there in my pond. I'm not thinking about that's all you're doing. Yeah. It's like, I might be thinking, Oh, I should probably go in and get some work. But then by the time that thought hits my head, it's like, okay, so let's stop lollygagging and get to work instead of sitting in front of my pond. And now I'm worrying about work. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. So Yeah, completely. So. Completely. I love, love that. So I love that if you, so yes, if you could get one thing done in the next year, I love that you said, oh my God, I have to pick. Uh, <laughs> so tell me about, so you said that you'd like to get the first book of your new series out. So yep. tell me more about your new series. So I'm going back to my roots with sword and sorcery and um, I've got a whole new world built. So, you know, I grew this world in my imagination and a female warrior character. That's hopefully a different take on female warrior characters than people have seen before um, running around, saving the world, yeah. you know? And uh, my friends yeah. uh, working on the cover art for me. Uh, that's a collaborative effort. So I'm going to be doing the typography for it, but um, it's a huge project. It's the book that I tried to write when I first started getting serious about writing in the nineties. And it has taken me this long to develop the skill yeah. level to actually pull it off. To give you an idea, when nice. I first started this book, um, it was a book and now I realized, no, this is a giant series. This is going to be at least six books, yeah. if not 10 that, that I tried to cram nice. so much into a single volume, um, that the book was kind of a mess and all over the place. And now it's like, I need to give it breathing room. Right. So. There's too much in it. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You can see that in oh, a lot I of people's early I love that you're giving the breathing room. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's yeah, it's a rookie completely. mistake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love that. The rookie mistake, trying to shove it all into one book. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I realize that, like, you know, when people start building things, especially creative works, like what you're talking about, you know, if you aren't able to take the time, which now, you know, it's 30 years later, but you've taken the time to flesh out that world completely, you know, just like me. So my funny thing, I I showed this to a friend um, earlier today when I started the idea of this podcast, this is a good parallel. Um, I uh, sat outside with a mind map because I was like, Hey, do I have enough people to talk to? I need to Mm -hmm. figure out like, can I do this? Even if they don't all say yes. And and this is what I came up with. So I think I have enough people, you know, because it was the dividing people up into, you know, authors, entrepreneurs, martial artists. Like I have all these amazing people and I'm so thrilled that you are one of them. You were one of my top picks on authors that I wanted to talk to because (laughs) I feel like you've built an amazing life as a writer but you haven't allowed your writing to consume your life. Yeah. And that's a really challenging balance. 
It is. Um, and I had some cautionary things happen along the way that kind of guided me. Um, I didn't know this author very well, and I'm not going to say their name because I don't want to I don't want anyone who knows them to feel hurt by my statements, but this person poured their entire life into their writing and lived and died in a tiny apartment in terrible physical health and really suffered when they died. And I always wondered, you know, I, I, I guess if someone lives that life in that gives them a sense of completeness then then i i would be more settled than that in that but if it were me in that position i would have on my deathbed been going my god i i never got to go and see the city in which i was born in prague czechoslovakia i i didn't go to the tropics i didn't go snorkeling i didn't go scuba diving i didn't have a family i didn't have you know and and these things that are important to me wouldn't be important to everybody and like i said this person may have lived a very fulfilling life but you know the only reason that yeah yeah but the only reason that uh anyone even knew anything was wrong was because they hadn't shown up on social media in a while. And if that hadn't happened, they would have died alone in their apartment. At least they were found and were given medical care to get them through the last stretch of their life. But that's a really grim, you know. Very grim. Yeah. Very very grim grim. way to look at how you spend your time. Yeah. And I feel like one of the things that you have done that has always inspired me is, you know, sometimes, sometimes when you meet someone and they share that they have a creative passion and they've, they're writing, you know, I think you were well into your writing career when I met you. I but think so, yeah. I look at you as, you know, a beautiful, strong woman who's a wife and a mother and a creative and a worker and a gardener, like you're all the things, but you've never allowed any one of them to overtake the other. And I think the most beautiful thing for me is watching your love story with Rory. (laughs) You're one of the few people that I know who I, I just, it's been so beautiful to watch the love affair between you and your husband knowing well, you. like that's the most beautiful thing. <laughs> thank you. I, because I had you a, cher- love and cherish each other so much. And I had, I a, I had good teachers. Is. I had good teachers. I, I, I won the lottery in that sense. My parents loved each other absolutely completely. And they had that work life create balance you know they created so many things uh and and worked hard and did stuff with us kids and they kind of showed me how it's done Uh, you know not everybody has that privilege so i I lucked out and i found someone really cool (laughs) like you did i I, you did you did you found a really amazing human so yes i I find you and rob i have my amazing human as well so And now people are hating us and they're like, oh my God, these people. (laughs) Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) They're sickening. Really? No, it just, it just is. 
It just is. It just is. It's okay. But yeah. Yeah. When you find your other half, it just happens. Yep. You know? Yep. So, well, Cammie, I'm going to sign us off for now. Okay. Thank you so much for joining me on Good Life Stories today. I so appreciate all your time. Thank you for inviting me. Thanks so much for listening to Good Life Stories. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please visit our website at goodlifestories.com for more show notes and additional episodes. Please subscribe and consider rating and reviewing the show on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to help others connect to us. Who do you know with a good life story? I would love to hear from you. Good Life Stories, creating connection one story at a time.